Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're back this week. Uh, we took a little breather last week, and um, we're now all set to head into uh, off-season activities. Yeah, absolutely. Hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, before we get started, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Uh, we'd love to hear from you during the off-season, because there's not as much going on. Yeah, so, give us some questions. Or comments, or constructive criticism anything you want but yeah great great Super Bowl all things considered uh definitely lived up to expectations both quarterbacks played great and if you told me that the Eagles were going to score 35 points I would have said they're probably going to win the game with that defense but Pat Mahomes is just a magician he's the best quarterback in the league he's quickly rising up the list of best of all time and he's only like what 26 yeah something insane like that so just Really, really impressive that the Chiefs were able to run it back and win another championship, even after trading away Tyreek Hill, going through some turnover on their defense, and then obviously Mahomes getting injured in the playoffs. But it's just with that franchise, you just you're not really ever surprised anymore because every no. time somebody counts them out or says that. They might be taking a step back. They just prove everybody wrong, and they've been doing that for, what, six years now? So hats off to them. Mahomes is, uh, I, I'm, I put it blankly, he's the best player in the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't care what anybody else says. Um, his numbers are Madden. Uh, his, uh, it's like you said, he, he loses his number one receiver. In fact, actually, he loses his number one and number two receivers, <laughs> and he goes and has five, over 5,000 yards. Talk about Byron touchdowns. Pringle, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was his number three receiver. Oh, I see. Um, but, uh, oh, and, you know, he's making Kadarius Tony look like a total steal. Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, it. he's just heads and shoulders above everybody else. He really is at this point. Um, it's, it, and... You know, there was some, at work, I heard some people kind of going, oh, well, you know, he was kind of pulling off the Jordan game in the the Super Bowl there. And it was like, no, not really. Uh, You know, I I think that, um, I think at the halftime, he went and probably got a shot. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And uh, he was feeling a a little groovy out there. And that that was just enough. Uh, And he just decided, you know what? I'm not losing. Yeah, and he's just one of the few quarterbacks that has the ability to do that. And he is kind of like Michael Jordan in that way, where just once he decides that he's going to win, he just does. He just does. And a lot of credit needs to go to just the Kansas City offense as a whole. That's players and coaches. I mean, the Eagles, I, I think, were either the first or the second best defense in the NFL, according to just the efficiency statistics. Yep. And there were just multiple times in that second half where the Chiefs get the ball down into the red zone and they scheme up a play that just has a guy completely wide open with just (laughs) nobody even on the same side of the field as him. And just the way that they're able to design up these different looks and to get guys into space and to get the defense on roller skates. And again, that is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And it just felt like sometimes they had, the Chiefs had the had the ball in a string a little bit, and they just were able to completely get them into the wrong defensive scheme, and it was just a wide open touchdown. And so, 
a lot of credit to Mahomes, obviously, and to Andy Reid and to everybody else that's involved in that offense, including, I guess, you have to give credit to, to Matt Nagy. No, I'm not giving him any credit. I am giving him zero credit. There's a lot of Matt Nagy on my Twitter timeline oh my the God. last few weeks, and a lot of that's because I follow a lot of Bears people, and then anytime there's anything involving Matt Nagy, it shows up on the timeline. Oh, yeah. I saw him. There was, there was the interview that he gave at Media Day where he talked a lot about Justin Fields and the Bears, and then, obviously, there were a lot of shots of him celebrating with Reed and with Mahomes, and it sure feels like he's just going to stay there and eventually take over the operation whenever <laughs> Andy Reed wants to retire, but... Man. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, it's just his voice is just kind of like nails on a chalkboard still. Oh. Yeah, the you know that's the thing is um, I, I it's you know I was just saying Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, you know that the 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 thing that I'm mostly focused on watching the Chiefs through the playoffs was that the head dude in charge of the Bears spent 13 years there. And I don't think really people are registering what that really means. I mean, he was the he was the lone staple in management there for the last thirteen years because he got hired by one GM. That GM left, went and worked for the next GM who held him over, and then that GM left, and then the next GM was like, "Yep, I want you on my staff too." He didn't leave because he was forced out. Or because, you know, they didn't want him around anymore. We just said, you know what, it, it was time to, he, he needed to have his own team. And I really think we're going to see some huge benefits from that. I agree. And I think, obviously, we talked about how impressive it is that he was able to stay there for so long. Especially with all the turnover in the front office. And just watching the Chiefs, the way that they've built that roster up. Time and time again, obviously around the quarterback, but there's been turnover on the O line. There's been turnover on the defense. There's been turnover at wide receiver. A ton of turnover at running back, and they just always find themselves in the conversation of winning the AFC and winning the Super Bowl. Um, other side of the ball, I, I mean, I, I was just really impressed with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I feel like we've been down on him a little bit on this podcast, and maybe just. I know I've made a couple comments like, well, I think Fields is better than him. <laughs> and he, he might be, but Hertz played a, a great game in that Super Bowl. And every time the Chiefs punched, he kind of counterpunched. And actually, I mean, it, the Eagles were winning at halftime. So maybe that was the wrong order that I just said there. But Hertz played a really good game. I, I think that the Eagles offense, at least, certainly doesn't have anything to hang their head about they, absolutely not they, they did enough to win it's just Mahomes did a little bit more no I, I've been a fan of Hertz um since he was still in college uh I wanted us to draft him uh so bad I could taste it instead uh we decided to draft uh Cole Komet but um instead of a quarterback that was coming off two championships in college uh but for because we still had Mitch Trubisky, and for some reason our idiot head coach thought that he was still going to be an all-star. So, but I digress. So, <laughs> the um, I felt like, to echo what you were just talking about, number one, I felt like we were watching the two best teams in the NFL, without question. Number two, I think that we we're not only watching the best 
player in the NFL, definitely the best quarterback. We were he was opposite one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I I think Hertz is a top five quarterback. I think also that number one is going to be right there with those guys. I had a picture in my mind of Fields watching that game and going, I should be there. Uh, yeah, I, I think probably because we saw Justin Fields outplay Jalen Hurts in Chicago. Yes. Hurts has, I mean, Hurts and Fields might as well be playing varsity and JV when you compare the, the talent around them. <laughs> the Eagles are stacked. Stacked. Especially on offense. And they use Hurts. She's stacked. <laughs> they use Hurts really well in that system. And Hurts has maximized it. And yeah, top five, that's a high bar, but you'd be you'd really struggle to say that he wasn't top five this year, at least. Right. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation for most of the Easily year. Easily top five. Until Mahomes kind of ran away with it. Yeah. And that's just, well, and he, he missed a couple of games. Yeah, exactly. So, I think Jalen Hurts, I mean, the future seems very bright, and I haven't looked at the Eagles roster in great deal, but I don't think that they're projected to lose a ton of players on offense. So he's definitely going to be hanging around for the next several years. And it's one thing when a young quarterback like that excels when he's got a ton of talent around him. Yeah. But the next step of that is kind of where Mahomes is, which is when the quarterback starts making more money, that means you have to subtract in other places. Yeah. And then the question is, can they sustain that level of success? And that's what we're seeing Mahomes able to do when he loses – hill and when he loses players on his line and with Hertz, that's a couple years away because i think he's in his third that was his third year mm-hmm. so that so, was his third so, so he'll get a big extension this off season, and then starting next year uh, is when you typically see the team have to start manipulating their salary cap a little bit to accommodate that deal but with him i mean there, there's absolutely nothing that says the eagles can't be right back in that position next year because yep even more so than the Chiefs, the Eagles felt like they were the, the class of the NFC from week one. We saw that in week two when they just destroyed the Vikings. We saw them basically go wire to wire as the number one seed in the NFC. And when they're that far ahead of their competition, there's nothing that says that they can't be back right in that same spot next year. And same with the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I think the Chiefs have more competition Right, I mean, the Bills and the Bengals are probably closer to them than anybody in the NFC is to the Eagles, but yep. the Chiefs have Mahomes, and when you have Patrick Mahomes, that means that you're in contention for the Super Bowl every year, and boy, you must have been stupid not to draft him <laughs> and to draft Mitch So, <laughs> um, ESPN, uh, this uh, last week, um, they did uh, NFL overhaul tiers. Stacking all 32 teams from contenders to rebuilds, right? Yeah. Jeremy Fowler did it. And it's interesting, the teams you mentioned there, because still major contenders, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, and who do you think? Um, Sorry, can you say that list again? I was looking something up. Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, who would be the other one? Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers? 49ers, of course, yeah. So, Which is weird because uh, nobody has any idea who's going to be playing quarterback for them. Exactly, exactly. So the Eagles right now, um, 
Well, here, let's go with the Chiefs. Chiefs, average age of roster, 26. Salary cap space, 7 million. Uh, total draft picks, 10. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're getting ready to reload again. Because they've got to have a ton of picks from the, the Hill trade, right? Yeah, I mean, it's that's just crazy to read that. Um, but this is their, here, here's their stickler. Uh, addressing cap hits of pass rusher Frank Clark, $28.7 million, And defensive tackle Chris Jones, $28.3 million. I mean, They've got to keep him. Yep. And they will also have to find the money to do franchise tag on Orlando Brown Jr. Now, I haven't seen... For the and that's for the second consecutive year. Yeah. So that means that's the average of the top five players in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Now they're going to try and re-sign him, right? But the only problem is, is if they try to do that, I don't see how Chicago doesn't swoop in and steal him. Mm-hmm. Because we have way more money than they do. It's not even remotely close. And you know, this is this is a spot that we would love to be able to deal with in free agency. This guy's 26 years old. Yeah. Right? And he's one of the best left tackles in the NFL. Well, and the Chiefs traded for him from Baltimore, I think. Yeah. And Poles was there when they did that. Yeah. Poles is the offensive line guy, so you would think that means that Ryan Poles probably thinks Orlando Brown is a really good left tackle, and the Bears are in desperate need of a left tackle, so... It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears swooped in and got him from and, and got him in free agency. But you know, it's kind of like, man, it would be really tough. As it must be really tough as a player to walk away from that locker room, yeah, to go to the Bears who who finished last in the NFL. Now it's the NFL, and money pretty much always talks. Yep, and. I feel like 99% of the time, regardless of what players say, they go to the place that offers them the most money. But, yeah, with Orlando Brown, I mean, he's been there a few years. He's won, I think, two rings. No, one one ring. One ring. And been to two AFC championships. And, I mean, man, it's just... It, but the thing is, is that that's one of the things that we get to enjoy this year is we have a quarterback that I really believe players want to play with. And... Orlando Brown would, could also be looking at it as, well, they're going to give me a much fatter chunk of money yeah. because we would. Now, the, the the stickler there is what they could do is they'd have to waste the franchise tag. They franchise tag him, and then they do it and say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to franchise tag you, but then we're immediately going to sign you to a long-term deal. Because that way... The Chiefs could do that? Yeah, I think the Chiefs can do that. Because then he at least got his rights... Exactly. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, we'll have to see how this plays out. I'm really interested to, to watch how it works because, I mean, they have $7 million in cap space. You know, so, uh, you know, it, something has to give. Yeah, I don't think they're going to tag Brown. I think it's extension or nothing with him because it's just such a prohibitive cap hit on that franchise tag when you do it a second time. you. You can't really justify it unless it's the quarterback. Well, and they're um, they're also saying that they're they'll probably uh, have interest in re-signing Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. So that's the so that's the um, Chiefs, 
And the Eagles, average age of starter, 27.2. So that's a little bit older. Uh, salary cap space, $8 million. Yeah. Uh, total draft picks, 6 I mean, that's how loaded the Chiefs are. Like, everything is rolling for them. I mean, that's not by accident. That stuff has been building over years, yeah. you know? Well, that's what people always talk about with the Packers. Yeah. Is how, obviously, it helps when you have a great quarterback. It does. You have to continuously be building up those that, that stockpile of draft picks. Yeah. I mean, that's where the Bears got themselves into trouble under pace more than anything else is... They built a really good team that was good for a couple years, but to do it, they traded away basically all of their future potential in the draft and in terms of their salary cap. And when that team forgets to win the Super Bowl, then you're S- <laughs> then you're SOL. So, <laughs> so, so um, on here the key points, uh, you know, you have a star quarterback a year away from free agency, right? Uh, you you signed Jalen Hurts this year. Uh, you know, if I, I really believe that that's going to be their focus uh, is to get him signed this year. Because for one thing, um, you can get him at a better price than you'll be able to get him at next year. Yep. Uh, so even though they could franchise him next year, well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what kind of precedent the Lamar Jackson negotiation sets. Yeah. And Hertz was not a first-round pick, right? Nope. So there's no fifth-year option. He's a second. Yeah, so there's no fifth-year option. And it's it's going to be really interesting in the NFL to follow what the fallout... Because this is all going to go back to Deshaun Watson. Because the Browns gave him such a ridiculous contract in terms of what was guaranteed, oh. in terms of what he would have to do to lose his money, which is basically nothing. Absolutely like, insane. When, when you hear actual agents read that contract, they say that the Deshaun Watson deal reads like it was written by Deshaun Watson's agent. <laughs> which, you know, we, we know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, so then when you've got quarterbacks like Lamar or Hertz that are really good and that have also been good citizens... And that have won. If I were them, I would be going to ownership and saying, "I'm not taking anything less than Deshaun Watson got." Yeah, and it would be tough to argue with that, other unless owners kind of just say, "Yeah, we're not doing that. Right, we're not, we're not doing what the Browns did," which is possible. Um, but that Watson contract is going to make things really difficult, I think, for these young quarterbacks for the foreseeable future because yep. they're going to want that precedent, and I don't think many teams are going to be willing to give that out. So Well, and see, that's the thing is also, and it's going to be hyper-focused, right? Yeah. Because last year, the quarterback crop was terrible. Yeah. At least so far it's been, right? Um, this year uh, looks better, right? But there is a huge question mark uh, at the top of the draft um, as to, uh, um, you know, which, which one of the quarterbacks is going to go first, uh, even though it looks like it's going to be um, Bryce, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's time for that to change. It, it you know, it, it what we're going to see is we're still going to see that huge scramble. Um, and if you've got a guy who, you know, can, can run the team the way hurts and Mahomes are, did it this year, you just can't let that guy go. It, it, it's, it, it's point blank. Right. That's why I think that people are insane for even whispering that we would move on from fields. That makes no sense whatsoever. 
you know, because the the thing is, is that Fields has already shown those intangibles. He's shown that he is the leader. He's shown that he will step up uh, in front of the cameras, right? I mean, he is a he's a good representative. Yeah, yeah, you need that, right? Just like you were saying with Watson, with whatever happened with Watson. Right now, it's he's certainly not the guy that you want to look at, right? But and and then at the other the other thing is the athletic ability of all three of those individuals of Hertz, of Fields, of Mahomes is off the scale. You you can't you can't hope for that. You if you've already got it in front of you and you know that that guy has it, you you can't let go. Yeah, and. It feels like that talk is kind of cooled a little bit, too. Right after the Bears season ended and they officially received the the first overall pick, it felt like kind of the hot take just in the media was, well, you know, they could trade Justin Fields, and it feels like that talk has kind of died down. I haven't heard as much of that recently, so maybe people have just moved on. I I don't think the Bears are doing that. I think that they're moving forward with Justin Fields because I think he's better than any of the quarterbacks that – are in the draft. I, I I don't know how you could look at this this crop of quarterbacks and 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 think that you're drafting something better than what you've already got. I, I just that makes no sense to me whatsoever. No. Nope. Um, but uh, uh, you know, so the thing is, is that both of those teams um, are still stacked, ready to ready to be right back in the thick of things next year, mm-hmm. right? So. That means that the Bears, you know, they have to be looking at those uh, two models. Yeah. And that's where uh, that's where I feel like Poles is a little bit unra- underrated because he helped build one of those models. Well, this is interesting, and it's something that I heard that I thought was kind of cool. And if you've watched these playoff games, to me, like, my thought is always, gosh, the Bears are so far away. <laughs> From these teams, <laughs> like like just when you look at the final four, they just all feel like they're they're better than the Bears. The Bear, it didn't feel as bad this year because we do have a quarterback that you're excited about. But yeah. just looking at the rest of the rosters, you see just how much more talent is on most of these teams than the Bears. And I was listening to one of my gambling podcasts, which if you like to gamble, check out You Better You Bet. I'll give them a free plug here. Mm. But they were talking about uh, trend in the NFL, which is over the last. 20 years, or it might have even been 21, the team that wins the Super Bowl, the prior year was either in the top seven of offensive efficiency or defensive efficiency, or both. And so I won't go into like the exact stats they were using, but the plain English version of that is that if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you have to be really good on at least one side of the ball before. Yeah, that, That's what the last 20 years have shown, because every single Super Bowl champion is, has fit into that category. doesn't say it's impossible to do it if you're not, but that's just what the statistics are. So if you look at where the Bears were last year, I think the Bears were in the bottom 10 of, os- <laughs> of offensive efficiency, and they were 32nd in defensive efficiency, which, Tom, real quick, how many teams are there in the NFL? <laughs> 32. So that would make the Bears last in defensive efficiency, Bottom ten in offensive efficiency. They were thirty three. Yeah, of 32. So, like, <laughs> and that's not news to anybody that the Bears probably aren't going to win the Super Bowl next year. They've got too much to do. Right. But that trend just shows that this is not often a, a one year process. And 
you have to get really good on one side of the ball at least first yeah. and then build up that other side to make that final championship run. So I've heard some people that are like, you got to bet the Bears to win the Super Bowl because that market's open or you got to bet the Bears to win the NFC because that market's open. I'm like, eh, I, I, I wouldn't do that. If, if, no. If, if you want a chance to win your bet, I, I don't think that anybody's really expecting that the Bears are going to be making a deep playoff run next year. Now, can they win their division? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see that all the time. You see teams going from last to first, and the Bears' division isn't particularly strong, and uh, Rodgers might be leaving. So the NFC North's going to be open, but there's a lot of good teams in football, and even though the NFC feels weaker than the AFC, there's still a lot of good teams at the top of that conference, and there's some teams that had down years that I think you'll probably see back up near the top. But I think just... I, it's nothing new, right? It's just that the Bears are just starting out on what's a long process to win a championship. In yeah, the NFL. and and well, we, and we've talked about it on the cast before. You know that um, polls has been pretty uh, uh, transparent about that. We we can't go into twenty twenty three thinking that they're going to be ready to win the Super Bowl. No. It's not going to happen. There's too many holes. Uh, what we need to do as fans is just enjoy watching them uh improve and enjoy watching number one play because i don't know of a single bears fan who hasn't been excited about watching him this year i mean he was the only good thing and he wasn't only the only good thing he was just a really good thing i mean even if the rest of the team had been better he still would have been the the best thing to watch on the team now we just more, need more players around him to 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 complement him. Yeah, absolutely, and that starts now. And before we move on to the next topic, if you had to guess, were there any teams in the NFC North that were in the top seven of offense or defense? I would say, well, um, the Lions were in the top seven of offense. That was the only one. Yeah, um, you know the the defenses uh, all pretty much sucked. <laughs> that they did. Yeah, they were all. They were probably all in the bottom five, actually. Now that I think about it, uh, but um, and you know, uh, the it, it, sorry, purple fans, your team was a total fluke. Uh, it, it, the only thing that you had going for you was what you already knew you had going for you, and that was Justin Jefferson, one hundred percent deserved Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I, I was super glad to see him win it. Uh, but the rest of the team is, wow. They they have a lot more work to do than I think some Vikings fans realize. Packer fans, guess what? Uh, you know what? If you think Jordan Love is going to jump right into 12 shoes and, and keep that whole thing going, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't think so. Um, and that's going to be a fun storyline to follow over the offseason. And if Jordan Love is good, the Packers could be good still because I think the rest of their roster is okay. Yeah, but not. I don't know about defense though. Yeah, the defense was disappointing, but maybe they have a better year. They might have just had a down year. For in fact, it, it's actually been like three seasons in a row that um, the 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 Packer defense has gotten all this hype before the beginning of the year, and then it's like wah wah. Feels like that was kind of Rogers' whole tenure. Like, <laughs> it feel, feels like that defense never truly goody. Yeah, it never truly lived up to, to what they were. And Jordan Love, I mean, if if he is their starter, then that's great. I 
seems like a nice kid. Yeah. <laughs> seems, seems like a better guy than Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know if he's going to be anywhere close to as good as Aaron Rodgers, but I will say this. It can't be that hard to be as good as Aaron Rodgers was last year. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the Packers still won, what, nine games? Eight games? Yeah. So if they get it, if maybe... Or was it eight? I, I don't know. They were around 500, so... It, it's not like he's walking into a team that's a disaster because I think the Packers are retaining pretty much everybody. I think they only have like a couple of like pretty minor guys that are leaving in free agency. So that team, I think, is going to try to run it back. And it's just a question of whether or not it's going to be Rodgers or Jordan Love. And So I don't see... That's another thing is I just don't see how Rodgers stays there. I just I just can't see it. Um, I mean, it's not just his mega huge payday for next for next year, but also just the fact that uh, I mean, like even had Packer fans going, yeah, I don't know why he's still playing for us. You know, I mean, it's like how could you guys talk about that a year ago? You guys put this next put him next to Jesus. Well, so I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's like at some point. You'd think they want to see what they have in Jordan Love. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they've seen enough. But the times he has gotten in there, he's looked from anywhere from bad to pretty good. So you would think that if they spent a first-round pick on him, they'd want to see what he has at some point. Yeah. And you understand why the Packers have kept Rodgers around. Because before this year, the last two years, he won the MVP. Yeah. It's tough to move on from a quarterback that won the MVP. But... Rodgers was pretty average last year, and at no point did it really feel like him or the Packers were really enjoying <laughs> enjoying themselves last year. Exactly. And you can just kind of tell with the way that he's talked, with the way that they've talked, it just kind of feels like everyone's a little bit ready for that to be over. And it's much easier to move on when you're coming off a season like Aaron Rodgers just had and when he's 39 years old. Yeah. And I guess I, I didn't... I didn't fully pay attention to this, but it sounded like he was going to spend some time in the dark. (laughs) I couldn't believe that was actually reported on. He's in the dark right Uh, now. Yeah, so I I guess, I don't know if that's still going on or if that's over. I hope it it keeps going on, like, for the rest of his life. That guy, man. Like, (laughs) seriously. I... I'm going to break my rule here because last year I said, don't listen to anything Rodgers has to say if it's not him on the football field. <laughs> anything with him off the field like, is is ridiculous. And with this one, it, it just felt... He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I, 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 I don't... There's no way he actually did that. Because like, <laughs> I, I, last... Oh, I absolutely believe that he did it. So last year he did that thing, and I can't remember exactly what this was, but it was that crazy, like, cleanse diet that he did for like two weeks and everyone's like that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and it feels like this year he like hold my beer yeah yeah like had to go to his publicist or something be like hey just come up with something that's dumber than that and it's like yeah i'm gonna spend four days in the dark so since you since you're talking since we're talking about the packers i did pull this uh list back up again and they're listed in in a comfortable spot, despite a losing season, along with the Browns, uh, but get this, average age of roster, 26.2, salary cap space, minus 16.4 million, but they do have 10 draft picks. So, you know, obviously the biggest story there is 12. Uh, The second, you know, 12 
uh, is the twelve uh, is the biggest, and then uh, item one A is Jordan Love. Is, yeah. is Jordan Love going to be the next guy? Uh, free agent wideout Alan Lazard. They'll probably let him go, but Robert Tanyan is um, is a free agent. They'll you know want to try and bring him back. Uh, they have Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Oh, uh, actually, Lavelle brought this up. David Bakhtari. If he ends up on the Bears, <laughs> I scream riot. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do that. I hope not. Why, uh, why? Why would they bring in a left tackle that hasn't been healthy in three years? Yeah, and he's thirty-one. Yeah. Um, the one. Uh, the one guy that they point out uh, for re-signing. Adrian Amos. Yeah, he was the one guy. That's right. That is going to leave potentially. Yeah. So. So that you know that's uh that's interesting right there. Now the other thing is you know um, so uh, well we'll round out the NFC North real quick. Uh, the Lions average age of roster twenty five point eight. They are young. Uh, salary cap space thirteen point nine million. That's good and eight draft picks, including the third overall. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they got that in the Stafford. Trade. Yep, um, and you know they uh, they talk about um, guard Evan Brown as a free agent that they'll try and resign. Uh, Sixth overall for Detroit, by the way. And then um, you know whether they'll keep Jamal Williams. I know Williams is Williams is one of those guys that's been around. I guess he's like thirty actually. Uh, and then um, getting Jamison Williams going uh, will be a big part of their of their off season. And then so the Vikings, average age of roster is 26.4, salary cap space minus 23.3 million. Uh it's one of the worst in the league. Draft picks four. Uh so um you know they've uh it, they it looks like uh Patrick Peterson will be gone. The word is that Harrison Smith will somehow stay. Uh, even though he's 34 years old and he's been having injuries, um, you know uh, their 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 defense though allowed 66.1 percent of passes to be completed, good for 24th in the NFL. Now they did. I, I got to give it to them going and getting Brian Flores to run the defense. That was a smart move. You got to give him a plug for that. Uh, but. Um, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, and Delvin Tomlinson, all three of those guys expensive and did not do squat. No. Uh, Zadarius Smith, they, they thought he was like a, the, the best signing, uh, in the last 10 years and what he was good for about three games. <laughs> yeah, n- n- narrator, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, and then the other person uh, that uh, remains to be seen is Dalvin Cook, um, who has a $14 million cap hit. Uh, That's a big chunk for a running back. So, you know, uh, they're not in good shape. Uh, And, of course, that's not even including the fact that the, the biggest elephant in the room for the Vikings is Justin Jefferson. You know what? I mean... Not only did he show he's all world this year, but then he wins Offensive Player of the Year. Cha-ching! Pay me, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Place got struck by lightning. <laughs> F you. Pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, the other big thing with them is 
how much, how many more times are they going to run it back with Cousins? Right? <laughs> like, obviously, I, I, Cousins had a pretty decent year last year. Yeah, he wasn't the biggest problem on that team, but but he wasn't the he wasn't the best asset either. Well, he's thirty five, yeah. and I, I think everyone expects the Vikings to take a step back next year. It's like, how much longer are you going to pay Kirk Cousins $50 million a year to be pretty good? And, and then to, uh, <laughs> That's not... what he was. He was, uh, it, it was. it was okay to good. Well, and so much of his success is throwing to, to Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, who is awesome. Yeah. So I don't know what the plan is with the Vikings, really. And when you hear kind of that breakdown that you gave, like when you start thinking about like, who could potentially be a sneaky team to finish like at the bottom of the league next year? Like when when you talk about the Vikings that already had kind of a insanely lucky slash fortunate year where they won every game by like two points, yeah, and they are going to have a tougher schedule next year, and they don't have any draft picks apparently, and they've got a ton of guys on defense that are old and not good anymore that they're going to move on from, and yeah, Brian Flores is a good defensive coach, but. What's he going to have to work with? He doesn't really have much to work with there right now. No. Other than a lot of veterans that are slow. Yeah. So, and so, if, and I'm not rooting for this at all, but if something happens to Jefferson and maybe he gets an injury early on, like, that's a team that could end up being kind of a surprise team that wins like five games. You know, so the defense's skills are eroding, but at least they're slow. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like uh, if, if if there's one thing in the modern NFL that I've heard you don't want to be, it's it's slow. So <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, his defense is is pretty bleak. Yeah. Anyway, what do they have about the Bears in there? Okay, so the Bears, of course, are listed, you know, dead last. Which of you know you would expect, and it's you know I I think that's a little unfair because um, you know this is while they're looking at the roster, it's almost a ranking too, and the only team that they were behind is who do you think? Um, Texans. Texans, yeah. of course. The Texans are really really awful. Uh, so, um, they don't even have a, you know, a, a good quarterback to look forward to. A lot to. of people really like their, the coach they hired though, so. Yeah, and we'll see how that works out. And they're going to, pro- I don't gonna... think it's going to work out well at all. Not because I don't like the coach, but because I don't like the Texans. Yeah. No. Actually, we hate the Texans. Nobody does. Although, yeah. they have moved on from the weird guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy that was like the, the, the proxy team president. I can't remember that guy's name. The guy that fired Bill O'Brien and. Oh yeah. yeah, whatever, what? whatever what? his name was. But anyway, I don't remember. Sorry, but um. So look anyway, up, look up weird guy that runs the Texans, and, <laughs> and you'll find out. So um, you know the like I said, uh, the, the the big thing is is that they you know they're at the bottom, but it was Jack Easterby by the way. Oh okay. So, but the the thing is is that we know as fans that we at least get to go into the off season with quarterback in place and that to me uh i don't know whether anybody else looks at it this way but i am just elated for that uh it's been we're listed under major rebuild in the works uh and there's only two teams listed there and that's the bears and the texans so average age of roster right now 26.3 salary cap space 94.4 million that's pretty good (laughs) Draft picks eight, 
Addressing the front of the defense will be a major priority for general manager Ryan Poles. Oh my God, he actually put Ryan Pace here. Wow. Wow. Uh, This free agency class is loaded with high-end options such as Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave. I like Javon Hargrave, but he's 30. And the Bears uh, have plenty of money to spend on several players. Armed with the number one overall pick in April's draft, Chicago has the chance to trade back and still get a blue chipper. And many many evaluators believe Chicago will do that. Uh, then it's time to build around a quarterback, Justin Fields. You know, the obviously so far the the uh, spin that is uh, primarily happening with the top of the draft is Bears trade with Colts. Uh, so they go down to four. Colts move up and take Bryce Young. Uh, that that seems to be the 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 primary motivator that is going around right now. Bears uh, swap picks. Uh, they get. Um, uh, Colts second round pick, which is thirty five. Uh, they get a fourth, and then they get a second next year. Yeah, I mean that feels a little low, but I, if that's what the market is, then that's great. Um, I, I think everyone, yeah, Colts or Texans is kind of what everyone thinks, which means it'll probably be neither of those teams. <laughs> um, Good call. Transitioning to the draft. Uh, Dane Brugler of The Athletic. He just released his top 100 draft prospects. Yes. Dane Brugler is the guy that puts out the comprehensive draft guide every year. So this is not that. The almanac. This is just his list of who he thinks the top 100 players in the draft are. Um, number one, unsurprisingly, Jalen Carter. Um, not only does Carter have a rare combination of body control, quickness, and power... But he is also highly skilled at using all three traits to defeat blocks in unison. That sounds pretty good. Uh, number two on his list is Will Anderson. Yes. Edge out of Alabama. Um, unsurprising that those two are at the, the top of his list. I think that if you look at probably 99% of mock drafts from here until draft day, they're all going to have some variation of the Bears trading down and drafting one of those two players. Yes. Uh, Jalen Carter, I think most evaluators think, is the best player in the draft, regardless of position. Todd McShay just gushed about him. Yeah, and he plays a really important position for the Bears, which is three technique. Uh, I don't think you'd be, I don't think you'd hear a single complaint from anybody if the Bears drafted him, and that's pretty hard to do because people complain about everything. <laughs> uh, Will Anderson's also really good. Um, what struck me on this draft guide, though, is the third prospect is Bryce Young, who the Bears aren't going to take. And then number four is Peter Skaronsky, the lineman from Northwestern. Wow. Um, He's high on him. Regardless of the position he plays, Skaronsky is a technician and a master of the details and impressive footwork, processing, and strength. I hope he gets a chance to stay at tackle in the NFL, but his ceiling is likely highest at guard. So, if that's true... And if he projects out to be a guard, I don't see the Bears taking him in the top 10. But if they think he can be uh, all-pro tackle, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Ryan Poles, the O-line guy, is like, I'm not going to take defense with that first pick. I'm going to trade down, and I'm going to take the guy that I think could be our left tackle for the next 12 years. Well, and just uh, to add in there, um, Skronsky, uh, since uh, the offseason has started, has been the number one offensive line prospect uh, at any position. Yeah. 
Um, they do expect him to play tackle at the next level. I do think he gets drafted as a left tackle specifically yeah. at the next level. And yeah, he's going to be in the top 10. Yeah, and you're not drafting a guard in the top 10 typically unless you're Jim Irsay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I love the idea of upgrading the line through the draft, um, both lines, honestly. Um, but it, it's just been something that I've kind of always wanted the Bears to get pretty much my whole life is just get like a badass left tackle. Yeah. So if Skaronsky's that guy or the second uh, offensive lineman he has ranked is Paris Johnson. Yep. So that's the uh, tackle from Ohio State, and Bruglu's got him as number nine in the yep. draft. I wouldn't complain about either of those picks, honestly. I know I know, a left tackle is not necessarily the sexy pick that people are going to get excited about. I think people would prefer Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, but if the Bears think that they have found that long-term answer at tackle, then it would be really hard to be mad at them for, for moving on that. And again, this is not where he thinks guys are going to get drafted. For example, he has Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back at the sixth overall prospect. Yeah. Like he's not going to get drafted six overall no. because you're just not going to take a running back there, but he will get drafted in the, probably the, at least the top 20 though. I, I think so. Yeah. First yeah. round for sure. Um, I'm trying to find the highest wide receiver. And he is far and away the highest rated uh, running back in the draft. But, you know, um, running back is funny because it just doesn't carry the weight anymore. And so if he suddenly fell all the way to the bottom of the first round or even into the top of the second, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, and that's another takeaway from the Super Bowl was that a couple years ago the Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round. And he's still on the team. Yep. You know what he was doing during the Super Bowl? Not playing. <laughs> Not playing. Uh, the Chiefs... Pacheco has just completely stole that. Yeah, I mean, Pacheco's really good. And it, it kind of reminds you a little bit of, of the Bears situation where... Bears have David Montgomery, who's pretty good running back. Like Dave, And Clyde Edwards-Alaire has not been good. David Montgomery's better than him. Yeah. But Khalil Herbert's been just as effective. Yep. And he's going to be a lot cheaper. So... It's... And actually... Herbert is built a lot more like Pacheco than uh, than 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 Montgomery is. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I want to call out Chris Carson. Um, he and I were chatting on this. I certainly agree with him. We should we should keep Montgomery um, as long as the GM sees it as the right fit. I feel like it's the right fit. I feel like it's a good one-two punch. Uh, but at the same time. That you don't bend over backwards to keep him. No, I think that's right. I think there's something to be said for continuity, too. David Montgomery would yeah. be one of the most veteran players in the locker room. Yeah. It would show the locker room that you'll reward guys that you know put in the work and contribute even on a lot of bad teams. So if they agree to a reasonable contract with him, I won't be mad about it at all. Um, but at the same time, man... The, the prospect of stealing Saquon Barkley, <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, it really is enticing. Uh, especially after watching him in the playoff game. Yeah. He just looked dominant. He looked like his days back at Penn State, right? And this is, a, this is in the big show. This is in a playoff game on the road, and he was like, I'm not going to be denied. I mean, just, just the thought of what they could do with Barkley and Fields oh, in the same backfield. Yeah, it really is enticing. I mean, that would be... 
that's two of the most dynamic players in football. Yeah. In the same backfield. So Saquon Barkley is going to cost a lot. Um, it's it's a tough pill to swallow to pay a running back that much. But if they're going to use him as more of kind of that, I don't even know what you'd call it, but, but not necessarily someone that you're going to just have pound the ball between the tackles all the time and someone that you're going to be more interested in pairing with fields to run RPOs and to get into space. I mean, it, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think Luke Getze would have a field day drawing up plays <laughs> for that combination. So we'll see. Um, for those of you that want a wide receiver in this uh, ranking, highest rated uh, wide receiver is Jordan Addis- Addison from USC. He's 20th overall prospect. Jalen Hyatt, 22. Uh, Where's the FJSN? Um, he has Quentin Johnston at 25 and JSN at 26. Wow. So, That's four, a... So... Even though JSN has these, you know, this just wacky history, um, he's still getting very highly rated. Uh, Jordan Addison is interesting. I can't see us using the assets that the draft pick that it would take to get him. Um, I, I, I am of the belief that we're going to see more of a. I'm going to go get a whole bunch of guys and see what sticks. Um, because the the thing is, is that for the main assets, number one and number two, no matter how you rank them, are the offensive line and the defensive line, right? And on the defensive line, you've got to get a defensive tackle and a defensive end. So <laughs> you got to get two of each. <laughs> you got to get two of each, right? And there's... the Defensive end position is really pretty stacked in this in this draft. Now, there's no like super standout other than Will Anderson. I don't see the Bears being in position to get Will Anderson. I mean, if if uh, if Poles doesn't if Poles wants him, obviously he can go get him. Yeah, unless they like him more than Carter. Right, but. If they drop the if the scenario is if they drop to four, they will not get Anderson. The um, the word is is that the the Cardinals want him, um, but uh, at at the same time, you know it's like you said. Right now, uh, all the scenarios that we're thinking of are probably all wrong. <laughs> well, that's the thing with mock drafts. Like, there's going to be a million of them, and they're all going to be wrong. Yeah. So. It's just, I, I, I love the draft. I like researching these guys because I watch a lot of college football, but a lot of times that's with buddies or you're out at the bar. Yeah. And you're not really, like, scouting, like, who's awesome, right? <laughs> so, like, some of these teams, like, yeah, it's like it, it's really fun to watch a USC and Washington State game at 10.30 p.m. after you've had <laughs> a, a few a few Pepsis. But you're not breaking down the tape on, like, who the elite prospects are in that game. So right. th- this is always that time of year for me. Um, I mean, this offseason in general is is going to be just nothing but rumors and speculation because you, you can't have a single conversation about the offseason in the NFL that doesn't involve the Bears because the Bears have the most money and the Bears have the first overall pick. So any player that they want to throw and they don't the, have to use it on a quarterback and exactly so any any player they they want to throw all their resources at they they can and that's why there's no crazy ideas there's some bad ideas but there's there's no crazy <laughs> ideas right like they they can do whatever they want so 
And I liked how um, Poles rolled with that, right? When they were asking him about quarterback, and he's like, he would actually, you know, I'm not going to say no, but he'd have to completely blow me away. Well, I think it's pretty much, it's pretty much well known uh, with the draft gurus out there. None of these quarterbacks blow you away. There's not an Andrew Luck in this group or a Trevor Lawrence, right? Where, you know, I mean, the the Jaguars literally that year had to draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. There's absolutely no way you don't draft that guy. Right. Uh, but um, but there isn't that guy this year. No. Uh, you know, all of them have a you know a few dings and dents in them. And uh, while uh, Bryce Young is certainly uh, as far as uh, as far as his um, his accuracy levels and his intelligent play goes is grade A plus. His size has just got to be accounted for. I mean, he is small. Brugler has him at five ten. Yeah, and you know they're they're saying five they're saying five ten five eleven and one eighty. Yeah, he's got five ten one ninety two. I mean, that's smaller than Tua. Yeah, and we saw what happened to Tua this past year. Yeah, and you know that's the thing about Tua is he is he's little. I don't, Tua, you know, uh, for for sake of comparison, is six one two like two ten two ten two seventeen is what Pro Football Reference yeah. is. So, th- I mean, that's small by yeah. NFL quarterback standards. And the one terrible concussion that Tua had, the one where he was carted off, was him just getting ragdolled into the turf. Yeah, when you when you've got a smaller frame, like. I don't care how elusive you are. Defenders in the NFL are elite athletes. And even if they're 400 pounds, they're insanely fast and they're insanely agile. Absolutely. And if you're a small guy and they, they catch you the wrong way, it's, uh, it's bad news. I mean, we see it, we see it every year. So we'll, we'll see what, I mean, it's going to be team by team. I, I think Bryce Young, just on pure talent, is the best quarterback. But yeah. we're going to see if teams are scared away by his his smaller frame and especially just with Tua and everyone's mind I mean that's the nightmare scenario because the Dolphins had a team that probably could have contended for a Super Bowl and it got derailed because they were playing their third string quarterback somebody's gonna take the shot on him now the you know the other part about uh Bryce Young is is that it's said that his frame doesn't look like it can take very much he can add a bunch of bulk and strength um you know but uh, until they until they actually have him, uh, you know it's it, it's hard to tell what what the what the future will bring. But somebody is definitely going to take a chance on that talent level, uh, those smarts, that accuracy, that arm. Uh, those those things are all attractive. And then you know there's uh, it, right now it's looking like four quarterbacks uh, in the first round. Um, C.J. Stroud. Uh, Will Levis, and then uh, Anthony Richardson uh, from Florida, who they're saying is probably the biggest boom or bust uh, prospect in the last 10 years, um, because he he's he only played one year at Florida, and he completed 53% of his passes, uh, but... Uh, can, I, can I offer you Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, but... Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, they're 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 saying probably those four. Um, you know, uh, the Bears. Uh, they they certainly uh, 
have to look hard at at the defense. I, I just I am I am of the uh, the group that is looking for them to use use the first two picks on defensive end and defensive tackle and whatever order that particular thing is. I would be elated if they take Jalen Carter. Um, I I think he is uh, that we've had a gift fall into our lap and that he is uh, he, he's the perfect guy to plug in there. Um, now, at the same time, it would be even crazier if somehow we were able to steal Deron Payne and get Jalen Carter. Wow. I mean, that would really, that would shockingly change the, the front, the front uh, four of the, of the Bears. Yeah, I mean, that makes your entire defense just so much more dangerous. And that probably means you don't have to spend as much capital on edge rusher. Exactly. Because when you're getting that kind of pressure up the middle... You still want to invest money in the edge rush, in edge rush, right? Like you don't want to be going into next year with Travis Gibson and <laughs> Dominique Robinson, and I, I don't even remember the other bums they had running around. Al Quadden Muhammad. Yeah, so you don't want those guys. But <laughs> I just think that when 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 you when you're going to be able to create pressure up the a gap like that, then especially when you've already got a pretty decent secondary in place. Yeah. That's how you build a defense in one year. And I don't think that's a, you know, top five defense, but it's certainly not 32nd, which is what they were last year. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, this is what the off season is going to be about is just thinking about all the different ways that the bears can reshape this roster there's the draft, obviously, which we just looked at a very, very small handful of prospects. There's free agency and trades, which we didn't even really get to here. And, I mean, it's just, you could come up with a new idea every day if you really want to. And I'll tell you what, Chicago fans need it because every other team in Chicago just sucks eggs right now. <laughs> so I, I don't really know what Chicago sports fans are going to have to do for the next nine months if it's not just getting excited about all the different possibilities that the Bears have. And it's just a lot of good vibes in general. And I like that the Bears are owning it. Did you see that they released uh, right after the Super Bowl, they put out a big hype video for the offseason? Yes. Which is, is cool because yep. they're like, hey, we're running the show here, and it, it's just a very different way of operating compared to, I think, how Ryan Pace would have handled this. Yes. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's good vibes. There's, there's going to be a lot of excitement, certainly more so than last offseason. So. Well, and um, on top of that, uh, you know, free agency is, what, three or four weeks away? Um, I mean, we're not talking about a lot of time here. The, the draft is two months away. Uh, so a lot of things are going to happen between now and then. And again, you know, it's what you and I have been uh, talking about. Flexibility is the word for the off season. Yeah. Flexibility. And it, really, uh, the guy in charge has the most flexibility of anyone in recent history with the Bears. Also, I did, um, I thought that letter that, the Bears published today. Did you see that yet? Nope. Is it about Arlington Heights? Yeah. It, the Bears published a letter today um, about Arlington Heights talking about the fact that um, they appreciate the city of Chicago. They appreciate the city of Arlington Heights. They want the fans to realize that this is that closing on Arlington Heights was just the first step. Um, there's still a lot of things that have yet to happen, uh, but they were talking about some of the numbers that would be involved with this, uh, 
with with making this complex and it's all billions yeah. i mean it's it's crazy the numbers that they're talking about this complex will be huge i didn't realize um it's almost 350 acres that they bought yeah it's huge and yeah i mean it seems inevitable but this is not going to happen anytime soon like i i've heard people estimate it might take five six years i'm like it wouldn't surprise me if it takes them a decade yeah to get this done and i'm not even joking when no. i say that because number one when you're talking about billions the mccaskies don't have that yeah the mccaskies aren't jerry jones who's got oil money or stan Kroenke who's got an empire like the mccaskies are very rich yeah but they, they, they don't have 10 billion dollars to pull out of a out of their bank account so right that means it's gonna have to come from taxpayers which is gonna be a fight with oh you know what they actually address that mm -hmm. they have said they point blank said in the letter not a dime for the new stadium will come from the taxpayers what they're gonna do is the same thing that erickson did when he created the new stadium for the carolina panthers in charlotte he said, I'll pay for the stadium, but you have to pay for the infrastructure. And that's what they're already saying in that letter today. Which, if, if that's what they're saying, then great. But It's I'll, still going to be a huge amount of money. Well, and I'll believe it when I see it, right? Yeah. Like, you can say one thing, and then you know they've got an army of lawyers and <laughs> and lobbyists working behind the scenes with right. the, the government. And you got to, like, just think about how long, for those of you that followed this, how long it took the Cubs to renovate Wrigley Field. And that was their own stadium in, yeah. in Chicago. And and now you've got to deal with the Chicago mayoral office. You've got to deal with Arlington Heights. You've got to deal with Springfield. You've got to deal with God knows how many other regulatory bodies to get this done. Plus, you've got to build the thing. Plus, you've got to come up with the money for it. This is not going to be a quick process. No. And the fact that they got Kevin Warren probably means it won't take a decade because he's dealt with a lot of this stuff already. But... We're not going to be seeing the Bears playing in Arlington Heights anytime soon. Yeah. And we'll see just because there's going to be so many people, too, that are going to use this as kind of their opportunity to obstruct just to get their 15 minutes. Sure. So, you, and you saw that with the Cubs, too, is you always just had these, like, local political figures that just inserted themselves into the situation because they saw a camera and they, right. they, they saw it as their, their moment, right? So, you're going to have a lot of that. It's going to be a long process. A lot of it's going to be just really uninteresting because you're going to be navigating the politics and the funding and all that stuff. And nobody really wants to deal with that, I don't think, other than people that are interested in that side of things. So yep. it's it's going to be a long road ahead for them. But, I mean, closing on the land is a, a huge first step. And Kevin Warren said in his press conference that our number one priority is getting that stadium built. So yeah. whatever anybody says, regardless of whether it's the Chicago politicians or the bears they're they're moving full steam ahead to get out of soldier field and financially that just makes all the sense in the world yeah you know and the, and the thing is is that um i for one at least am i'm excited about it i yes i love soldier field yes i would like to see them stay there but the fact that they could build an entire bears complex it's exciting yeah. you know and have the entire thing built around the bears um, I, I just, it, it just sounds like something that could be a true destination for a Bears fan. And I mean, I'm a hard, we're hardcore Bears fans, you know, we'd, we'd love to be able to go, uh, take that trip. Right. And so it, it but, but regardless, it's like you were saying, Jim, we're, we're looking, you know, five, seven, 
who knows? Maybe it is going to be ten years yeah. before before this happens. So nothing's going to happen real soon. Right now, we can just focus on seeing the team improve. And the players are excited too. I, I heard Fields talking about how he wants to play in a dome. Yeah, and you don't blame him because he's from where Georgia. Yeah, he doesn't want to play in ten degrees. No. As much as fans love that stuff, I'm sure 95% of the players hate it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it is about time. Um, I, I mean, I, I've been to Soldier many times. I've been when it's really, really cold. But um, it, it is. It's The thing is, is that it is about time that they, they get a dome um, or a roof. Uh, being, in the, um, uh, being in U.S. Bank, uh, downtown Minneapolis, is pretty comfortable. Uh, it really is, and it's a it's a pretty nice place, and I think that the place that the Bears will build will be even nicer. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think that it's all good, right? I mean, yeah, Soldier Field, there's a lot of history there, but it, it's just, everybody understands why this is happening. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, everybody, I think, should be excited about it, because it, the chances of me going to another game at Soldier Field are pretty slim because I've been there and I know what a hassle it is, and I don't live <laughs> I don't live there. So if I'm going to make a trip to Chicago, I'm probably going to watch the game at my house with my family or yeah. with my friends. Uh, if they build this new complex, I mean, you better believe I'm making a trip at some yeah. point. And I think a lot of Bears fans feel that way because other than the diehards that love going to Soldier, I, I just think that. For the overall Bears fan experience, this is something to be excited about. And the, the players are really excited, too. And, I mean, I don't know that any of the players on the Bears right now will ever get to play there. <laughs> but, but hopefully some of them do. Hopefully it gets done faster than that. And the Bears have some players that are still around. Because that if, if they're still around, that means that they've probably had a nice career for the Bears. So. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, think, I think number one will be at the front of that. That's the hope. So uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, definitely uh, head over to Twitter and, 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 and you know give us some questions that we can answer for you here on the show. Uh, this is certainly the time for them. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, at Bears underscore scat. So we'll be with you all off offseason. Um, hopefully it's more exciting than the one last year. So. <laughs> Bear down. Bear down.